You are listening to Perplexity. <laughs> everybody. Happy October and welcome back to another episode of Perplexity, a mystery podcast. I'm your host, Kadra, and I've got a wild, crazy, spooky story for you guys today to ring in my favorite month. But before we get started, just a couple of quick announcements. I will keep you guys posted on this, but I wanted to let you know I'm going to be a guest on a podcast called Dairyland Frights. It's a paranormal podcast And we're going to be recording in late October, so I'll keep you guys posted on that. And then I also just wanted to remind everyone that I am releasing bonus episodes each week. They are podcast exclusives, so you can listen to those creepy stories that I'm reading from the No Sleep Forum on Reddit. I think I'm going to be releasing those every Tuesday, so be sure to tune in for that extra content as well. Trigger warning for today's episode. This episode will contain disturbing content, including murder and suicide. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners below the age of 13. And all of the sources that I used for today's episode will be available in the show notes. So matchmakers are not uncommon even today in various cultures, including China. In China, it can actually bring shame to the family if their child does not get married and they remain single. If they have a daughter who's left single, she can even be shunned from the community. And if the son is left single, it means that they can't carry on the family name. There's no children. So it can bring shame to them, and it's a big deal for the lineage. So this practice, finding a match, making a marriage, it can be traced back thousands of years, as we know. But having a spouse here in the country of China means everything, even life or death. That's why here, there are even matchmakers for the deceased. And this is the story of the ancient practice of the Chinese ghost marriage. Originally, these ghost marriages were strictly for two dead people, but the practice has evolved over the many decades, so we will talk about that. It being between two dead people is obviously creepy, and a lot of cultures would find this strange, but it is a somewhat heartwarming ritual that the family performs and it's basically to make sure these two people can pass on peacefully and not be alone in the afterlife ghost marriages can be traced really far back as well all the way to 17th century bc and they will often look like a mix between a funeral and an ancient wedding there's a price for the bride a dowry there's a banquet Photos of the bride and groom, prayers are said, and there's a huge celebration. The deceased are often dug up, dressed up in a dress and a suit, and they're laid in coffins together, side by side. Sometimes their bones are even intertwined together during the ceremony. 
In some cases, the deceased can pass on without carrying their family lineage, and this brings shame on the culture. So the families believe a lot of the time if the dead are left unwed, they may haunt their family or bring them bad luck. People who die unmarried also cannot be buried with their ancestors. So if this is the culture here, it makes sense that something like a ghost marriage could happen. And yes, I know this is patriarchal and messed up, and in other cultures it could be seen as disrespectful to the dead. But we have to understand the unique spirituality here and the culture. Some women who are alive choose to marry a deceased man so that they don't have to marry anyone living. Which I think says something about the pool of men these days. They will also sometimes marry a dead man so that they can still control their own property and have independence. In the most traditional sense, China believes in an afterlife. And while the living, of course, grieve the dead, the funerals are extravagant, they're celebratory, because similar to Buddhism, many Chinese people view these graves that the dead get buried in as a temporary earthly dwelling, while their soul can move on after death and live in another world. Precious objects are often buried with loved ones here as well, similar to ancient Egypt, which I've talked about on the podcast before, so they can take these things with them when they cross over. This is also why historical relics in China have often been found hidden underground, And this is also why grave robbery is a little too common in China. During Chinese Qingming festivals, it's also common to go to the cemetery, clean the tombs of your loved ones, sweeping them, and leaving food and flowers for them. It's also common during this time to burn joss sticks and paper, which is also known as incense. So all of this to say, this ghost marriage is a legally binding marriage, and they happen in other parts of the world as well, such as Sudan, France, and even parts of the United States. Sometimes ghost marriages are performed when one person in the engagement unexpectedly or tragically passes away, or in turn, the sibling of the dead husband may step in so that the woman is cared for. But in this case, the woman is still considered to be married to the original husband. So their brother or whoever kind of steps in and becomes the new living husband, but they believe that she's still married to this original man who's deceased. If they do this in a ghost marriage, they make these paper stand-ins, and they can be used to represent the deceased bride or groom. So they'll have this, like, paper figure, I guess, standing next to the living bride or groom, and then they'll have the deceased person laying there in a coffin as well. The stand-in is then burned at the end of the ceremony, along with other offerings. These types of ghost marriages, where one person is dead and the other person is alive, are often carried out in secret. So, as if this practice wasn't creepy and dark enough, let's get into the dark secrets behind ghost marriages now. 
Because of China's one-child law that was implemented between 1979 and 2015, there became an extreme shortage of females. You see, when this went into effect, patriarchal attitudes and cultural preferences for sons were on the rise again. And this led to a very high rate of infant girls being abandoned. This became known as the generation of missing women. The one-child policy prevented an estimated 400 million births from occurring. And while this policy is no longer in place, the population gender difference in China is still evident. They're still trying to make up for what happened here. In 2021, as an example, 15 to 19-year-old children had the largest gender disparity in history of 116.17 males to every 100 females. Now, this may not sound like much hearing it this way, but think about how high the population is in China. If you really look at the statistics and break it down, this means that there are about 34 million more men in this country than women. So to connect everything now, it would make sense that there is now a surplus of young single men in China that are having a difficult time finding a female partner. And while there are matchmakers that can help and you can meet people from other countries, sometimes people are desperate enough to marry anyone by any means necessary. Most cases of ghost marriages today are found in northern and central China in areas such as, and I'm sorry if I say these wrong, Shanxi, Shanxi, and Henan. Though the ancient form of this custom still exists in Southeast Asia, and this is in other Chinese communities there. In the 2000s, there was this huge spike in grave robberies and even murders in these areas I just mentioned. 14 female corpses were stolen from a village in Sangxi province. This was in 2015. And there were rumors the bodies were stolen to make money off of ghost marriages. So now we're getting into like the black market and organs going on the black market. Like it's giving me that kind of vibe. The price of a corpse or the bones of a young woman, which I feel like I shouldn't even be having to say this out loud at all, uh, has risen sharply in recent years. So first, when I was reading this, I had to wrap my mind around the concept of a woman's body being sold for money at all. <laughs> like, not that I didn't know this was happening, but just something, you know, that we don't talk about very much. Um, but those prices are even more insanely expensive today. Today, the price can be up to, in China, $14,000. There are times when girls, this is so fucked up to me, in China, there are times where girls can be dying in the hospital and their families will start to make exchanges or basically like find a price so that when their daughter dies, they can sell her body. Yeah. So they prepare 
her or they sell the daughter for a high price when she dies. In northern China in 2015, three people were arrested on suspicion of stealing a woman's corpse to sell her as a bride. The men actually pretended to be relatives of the woman, and they negotiated a sale of 4,000 US dollars. So not as much money as you would think, but when they went into the tomb, they were caught and reported by local villagers. So luckily, they did not get away with this. When a famous Chinese influencer who went by Little Kitty tragically committed suicide in 2021, she was cremated and her ashes were allegedly stolen to be given to a potential spouse for a ghost marriage. The consent was already such an issue for women, especially in areas like this, and like autonomy as a woman. And it's just like, at least the families were consenting to the woman's body being used in these marriages, which I'm sorry, I already don't agree with that, but <laughs> you get what I'm trying to say. Like now they are not getting, there's no consent here at all. The families don't know, the, the woman obviously has no consent in this. People are sick and they're stealing these body parts for profit and selling them off in these ghost marriages. All the consent is taken away. It's, it's just infuriating to me because it's like, women have no autonomy over their bodies when they're alive <laughs> and now they can't even get some peace and quiet when they're dead. Three suspects were detained after being caught attempting to auction off Little Kitty's remains. Two of the arrested suspects came from a funeral home in Wenshang and it was found that Zhang and Li, who were two funeral practitioners there, were helping in finding buyers and they were transporting human remains for this business. The two would then replace the ashes that they sold after the bodies were cremated. Another body comes in, they cremate that body, and they take those ashes and put them in the other person's urn, I guess. So messed up. So what has happened now is this custom has spawned a ghost bride market and there's now illegal trading going on of female corpses and who knows how often this is happening to make matters even worse with this industry going on this has even driven some people to kidnap and murder women for their remains according to the asian journal of criminology T. Wing Lo in 2021 found among 84 cases of crimes involving ghost marriages, more than 60% involved the stealing and trading of corpses, about one-tenth involved murder, attempted murder or bodily harm, and about 6% involved tomb robbery, 2.4% involved kidnapping of women, and 4.8% involved the abuse of power or bribery, like trying to bribe hospitals for these remains. Only 84 cases have been convicted over the last 15 years for this. So, you know, some people could look at this and say that it's very rare, or it could be that there's this huge undergroundness to it, and there's a lot of people that could be getting away with it. We don't really know. 
About 91% of the corpses that were involved in these cases were female, and all of the victims that were murdered and kidnapped were female. So before I get to this last story, I want to emphasize this was really hard for me to find information on. I'm assuming because there's probably not a lot of articles about this in English, uh, doesn't really come up in my algorithm, so this may not all be completely accurate. I'm going to try to tell this story as best as I can, and if someone knows more about this story, please let me know. I'm giving you permission. <laughs> this one time to correct me, okay? <laughs> in November of 2006, a family in the Nangzhuang village purchased a ghost bride to serve as a companion for their recently deceased 53-year-old son. He was single when he died, and he passed tragically in a car accident. But it was later found that this ghost bride the family had purchased was the victim of a murder. The killer was found later to be a farmer that was identified as Ma Changhua. Between March and December of 2006, Ma Changhua killed six individuals and sold them for parts in ghost marriages. This woman was found to be the fourth victim of this man. Ma was later arrested and it was found he had been in this business for the last decade. He was robbing graves at first, but he started to get more stealthy and build up confidence, and he upgraded to murder. In 2006, Ma strangled an intellectually disabled female in the woods after he lured her there with food. He then brought the body home in a bag, and he buried it at night. He was caught later and put in prison for this, but then he was released after serving a short sentence. In March of 2016, Ma learned about a man who was looking for a corpse for his uncle for a ghost marriage. On April 2nd, 2016, Ma abducted a 45-year-old woman named Liu Kaixia, posing as a matchmaker. So I guess Lou was maybe single, and Ma was like, you know, I'm a matchmaker, I can help you find someone, and this is how he got close to her. Ma would later inject Lou with multiple doses of a sedative, which killed her. He then sold her body to a local villager for a ghost marriage. April 11th, 2016, so literally nine days later, he does the same thing again. He finds a 51-year-old woman this time named Anne Farong, who was also intellectually disabled, and he lured her into a cave, injected her with sedatives, and killed her. On the morning of April 13th, Ma and two men named Chen Zaikao and Yang Paisen got in a car and attempted to transport Anne Farong's body over to Yulin City in Shaanxi province, but public security officers seized the vehicle. And this was in 2016, so I don't exactly know when and what went on between then and 2019, but I know that Ma was arrested in 2019 and he received the death penalty in a trial. In February 8th, 2021, he was executed for the murders of two women. 
but I'm not sure what happened to the other two men involved. But I know this story has a lot of gray areas, but basically what I gathered is he got caught around like 2006 for already murdering some women, served like a 10 year sentence, got out in 2016 and then murdered two more girls. So I don't know how many victims he actually had and any more depth to it, but we know that he at least attempted to sell several bodies for ghost marriages. I don't know if any of them were actually successful, but this whole thing is very dark and sad, right? A Chinese tradition that started off as being designed to bring peace to the deceased and keep the family from having bad luck, it's been twisted and distorted. And who knows how many times a woman has been kidnapped, murdered, and sold for money for this ghost marriage. So that is the story, everybody, of the history and the dark happenings now with Chinese ghost marriages. And I want to hear y'all's thoughts on this too. Like, what do you think about these ghost marriages? Had you ever heard of them before? Because I kind of accidentally stumbled across this in September, just bumbling around on the internet. So I found it to be very fascinating and disturbing. But I would love to hear your thoughts on this. If you're watching on YouTube, let me know down in the comments below. Or if you're listening on the podcast, you can always DM me on Instagram or you can email me. Okay, so I know that this episode ran a little bit short, so I am going to read you guys a listener's story. This story was sent in by my mom, which if you listened to my outer body experience episode, then you have heard from my mom before. She has had a lot of interesting, wild things happen to her. So she has written in two new stories. I'm going to read one of them this week, and the other one will be in next week's episode. So this is called The Intruder Story. I'd like to share a creepy experience I had back in the early 90s when my husband and I were newly married and were living in our first home. We were in full-time ministry at the time. One night, I woke up in the middle of the night to use the restroom. The restroom was just outside the master bedroom door on the left in the hallway. When I opened the door, there was a large man standing at the end of the long hallway. He had baggy blue jeans on, an untucked plaid flannel shirt, and a white hockey mask. He was standing with his feet apart and his fists were clenched. He was fidgeting and rocking back and forth from side to side. I thought I was seeing things, so I rubbed my eyes and looked again with my eyes wide open this time. But the figure remained. It was so frightening A burst of adrenaline shot through my body as I shut the door and leapt back into the bed, waking up my husband for help. I tapped him hard, several times, whispering to him, Wake up! Wake up! Someone is in the house! Someone's in the house! With a jolt, he bolted out of bed and shouted at the top of his lungs, 
If someone is in this house, I am coming after you in the name of Jesus. He flipped the light on and flung open the door, tearing down the hallways looking for the man. He was ready for a fight. My heart was pounding out of my chest at that point. I had the phone in hand, ready to call 911. But no one was in the house, and all of the doors were locked. No one was there. I couldn't believe it. I was not asleep when this happened. I was wide awake. So what in the world just happened? What did I see? It was so clear. It was so real. At the time, we had been ministering and praying deliverance over a very troubled young man named Luke. Now Luke was a large guy and had a very bad habit of fidgeting from side to side with clenched fists. He even wore baggy jeans. The only thing we could conclude at the time was that it was a demonic presence coming to torment us possibly a familiar spirit from Luke. Since it's been nearly 30 years, my memory could be cloudy on this part, but I seemed to remember his girlfriend dabbling in astral projection at the time. But my husband says he doesn't remember that and says she was a practicing Wiccan. I don't know, but whatever it was, it was the most frightening experience of my life. So that is a crazy story from my mom. And she told me that at dinner one night. I had never heard that story before. It came up because we were talking about her out-of-body experiences and astral projection. And she was like, oh, yeah. And then she started telling me this story. I was like, mom, what in the world? Like, send this in. (laughs) So my mom has a religious background from what you guys have gathered. Uh, I was raised Christian and... It's just, it's so interesting to me when you are a strong spiritual person, you know, you can get these demonic attacks sometimes and these these dark encounters. Um, So my parents have had some crazy things happen to them, this being one of them. So I will uh, read you guys another story of hers next week. And if you have a story to send in, I I would love to hear it. And I hope you guys have a great week, a happy October. And I look forward to next week telling you all another spooky tale. Bye. Thank you for listening to Perplexity, a mystery podcast. Hosted, written, and produced by Kadra Brennan. If you enjoyed today's episode, tell the world about it by going to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leaving a five-star review. It helps the show more than you know. Contact, support, and merch links can be found in the episode description. And if you have a story to share or a topic request, send an email to perplexitymysterypodcast at gmail.com. Cager would love to read your story on the podcast. Until next week, stay curious.